What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and the gentleman next to me is Mr. Jay Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and welcome to Indie Game Business. Today, we've got Danny Silver from Lantana Games, and we are talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of NFTs and crypto. So, Danny, welcome. I would um, caution you that we're broadcasting live from Hoth on my end because it's the middle of a blizzard but mm -hmm. i'm sure it's nice and warm up north where you are um, <laughs> <laughs> so give us a, let's let's start where we always start with everybody tell us about how you got into the industry initially and then walk us through what you've been doing up to this point um how i got into the industry so i decided to make games when i was five uh, I remember it vividly. It was a day at summer camp and I started drawing fake screenshots of video games. And I was like, huh, I should actually make this. Um, and so then like as a kid, I just started like studying a little bit of programming and graphic design, getting into like level editors in Load Runner, The Legend Returns and uh, Jazz Jack Rabbit 2 and Starcraft and Unreal Tournament. Um, and then that all eventually led me to uh, study game development at the Savannah College of Art and Design, where uh, I studied design under Brenda Romero and uh, eventually graduated into the midst of a major economic collapse that happened to be <laughs> going on at the same time as the start of the indie game revolution. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'll go indie. I, I, I think this, this seems like destiny. Um, and so I founded Lantana Games uh, shortly after that and um, then dabbled in uh, uh, running events with the Boston Festival of Indie Games uh, between 2012 and 2014. Uh, then pretty much came back to Lantana after that, uh, released the first Mondrian game in 2015. Um, then five years later, the second Mondrian game, Plastic Reality, uh and then that was at like the height of the pandemic essentially <laughs> and then that lined up with uh the craze in crypto and nfts which was really interesting to me because i was you know making a game uh in live service pr pretty much running a live service game by myself at that point um that was focused on user generated content uh you know basically bringing everything full circle back to where i was as a kid being obsessed with level editors and such now finally making a game that included a level editor that was like central to the experience and so here i am like huh so you're, you're telling me that we've got this new technology that's all about art and user-generated content and i have a game that's all about art and user-generated content well i'd be an idiot to not jump on this bandwagon at least you know dangle off of it so here i am so you did a wonderful job of deciding to jump into the industry at the same time I decided to start, you know, my first company in the industry during that wonderful recession. So um, I'm with you <laughs> on that one, dude. That was a <laughs> hell of a time to start up. Hell yes. I mean, it's, it's one of those that if you could do it at that point in time, you can literally do it anytime because yeah. it's just not going to get much worse than that right now. So, um, all right. Obviously, NFTs are 
I don't know. Weird. Is, shit, is shitstorm the right word that I'm looking for uh, here? It, it's um, it's building up into a shitstorm. I I think at the moment it's like we're tracking the shitstorm moving in, and <laughs> and we can we can feel it. Like we're we're on the edge of the clouds right now, um, and and the first drops are starting to hit. I I think that's where we are. So let's run through a lot of the the basic questions first. Mm-hmm. One of the, you know, like the default response that we always hear is, you know, NFTs and crypto are a solution to a problem that nobody has. Mm. So, I, well, I mean, and tr- truthfully, that can be said for a number of things. It was the same thing that was said when free-to-play games came around, too. But from your standpoint, and you know, being on the indie side of this and just like none of us are getting rich all of this stuff because we're not investors that are dropping $10 million into these companies and things like that. Right. What drew you to NFTs? You know, what do you see as an indie dev, you know, as the benefit of of crypto and NFT and and Web3 in general? Well, for me, it kind of comes back to the start of uh, downloadable content in a way, thinking back to uh, like horse armor in Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and then even the uh, the Bethesda store uh, after that, how developers had kind of been trying to find ways to monetize user-generated content. Uh, and to this day, it is still a problem that nobody has been able to solve um because you've got the developer interests you've got the user interests and then you also have the community interests and these all kind of clash with each other i mean obviously the developer wants to make the most money uh because they made the game in the first place the user wants to make the most money because they've say created a uh, a total conversion experience uh in in some game, you know, so it, it doesn't, you know, maybe even resemble the original game at all. Uh, and then the community is like, we don't want to pay for this content directly. We'd rather, um, you know, support modders through like subscription services, a la Patreon or Ko-Fi. Um, and, you know, generally mods aren't considered like their own premium products. And so they, they've always been in this really weird gray state. And I'm generally a believer that, you know, mods have always been free and they're, they're passion projects that are great springboards into bigger things, more original things. Um, and, you know, should that that culture is not something that should be abandoned to me nfts add a new twist onto that where the mods can still continue to be free but if you happen to own the nft of it you can support the developer support the modder uh support you know the community all at once based on you know how the revenue is shared from that nft but everybody can still continue to download the mod freely if they so choose. Um, but, you know, them being programmatic, you can maybe offer some, you know, bonus experiences to go along with that or, 
throw in some bonus content or you know you know add it at you know make it more shiny you know in game if you happen to own the nft you know there's little bits of fair things you can do with it uh that you know you couldn't like not, not to say you couldn't necessarily do that otherwise but just on that level alone i think there's interesting opportunities there to reignite the discussion about how to support the modding community all right so that actually leads directly into the next biggest argument that we always hear and you know for anybody out there, whether you're listening on the Discord, if you're on the Discord, you got questions, pop them into that podcast questions channel. Uh, if you're anywhere else, just pop them into uh, YouTube or Twitch or Facebook or wherever you're LinkedIn, wherever you're watching, they'll come up on our screen. We'll get them answered. Um, but that leads directly into the next, you know, big criticism that we always hear is, okay, they're not adding anything that we can't already add. Everybody likes to point back to the Diablo uh was it three diablo three market the, or whatever yeah the marketplace which, yeah which just turned house. into a clusterfuck because everybody was <laughs> you know duping things and i'm like okay that didn't work so that's a bad analogy but <laughs> you know i hadn't thought about it on on like the mod side but i mean what is the what is the advantage of having it as an nft versus how people are you know sharing content and doing this stuff today anyway well theoretically because it lives outside of the game um that does mean it can be used in more cross-platform manners um so on the most basic level uh you know say you buy a piece of art on OpenSea or Calament or, or wherever. Um, and then in any particular uh, blockchain connected game, you, you know, can, you know, say, hey, scan my wallet for stuff. And then it loads up your pictures and then say you can bring your art into your virtual environment. Um, so the same could then be done with like a weapon skin or right, wait, tell uh, a helmet. <laughs> you and I both know damn well that that ain't going to happen because you can't even get publishers to agree to have cross game shit within the games that they already own. See, you say that, except there's a twist that is shaking things up and that's Roblox. And across the Roblox ecosystem, this is already being done where well, yes. developers will create an item that is then usable across multiple games. So, but then it's we get not back that to it's... the whole thing of they're already doing it. So, why do they need an NFT? Honestly, think, we, we don't have an answer for that. It, it's really just the convenience of not being locked into a particular ecosystem like Roblox or yeah. Core or Dreams or whatever. Um, really, what they do is create a more yeah, decentralized uh, approach to uh, content sharing, really. So, you know no item or or texture or artwork or you know theoretically mod is uh limited to the space created by a single developer um now of course 
you know, have have we seen this in action yet? No. Are we going to see it in action? I don't know. It you know, it's really just theoretical at this point. I think I mean, so. Roblox is a good example, and honestly, I hadn't even thought about thought about that one. And yeah, they're doing it right now. I can see this happening if you know Fortnite expands into something else, or mm. in Core, where it's Core is basically like a a next level Roblox, the next level Roblox Unity. Yeah. I mean, not Unity, Unreal, Unreal. Yeah, but. You know, all the folks that are always like, I can buy a game in Call of Duty and then I can I can buy a gun in Call of Duty and then I can use it in whatever else. I'm like, no, that's just- it's it's not quite like that. Like you might be able to bring the model in, but it's not gonna bring the, the in-game programming along with it you know it's but not gonna bring the gonna the, like the shot there. balance and cooldowns and it. yeah it's it's one of those things that we always see people talking about and i'm like no listen that's no. very nice of you to, to dream that that's gonna happen but that shit's not gonna happen no. um all right so we actually got a question coming in from discord is it possible and so i'm gonna ask a couple of general questions about nfts we all see we see the stuff about NFTs and art, and you know it's just a rip. But there was somebody else, another one of these ape things, got the rug pulled out from him, and somebody wandered off with like a million and a half dollars this weekend. Um, does an NFT always have to be art? What can an NFT be? Theoretically, an NFT can be any file, um, because the nft is not the file itself the nft is essentially a receipt connected to that file um for all intents and purposes it's a proof of purchase really so the file itself lives on just a regular server somewhere you know anything from uh your own web host to like a dropbox google drive uh kind of thing um, and then the NFT is really just the proof of purchase of that, which has like a link back to that file. So if that file disappears, then the NFT is kind of worthless. But in the meantime, if it's online, then, you know, it can be anything from a JPEG to an MP3 to a, a movie file to, you know, a, a custom level uh, that, that somebody's made in a game. I mean, really, it can be any you know any file extension really so um, it's basically like a receipt yeah yeah it, it's a it's a proof of purchase yeah. at the end of the day all right so um from capture rapture over on the the discord is it possible to use nfts in games that are not always connected to the internet I'm going to say yes, um, with the caveat being that at some point, you know, it obviously would need to be connected to the internet to detect that, yeah, you have NFT ownership. Um, and then, you know, you just write a value to the, the user save file uh, that's like, yeah, they own this particular NFT of this item. It's downloaded. Give them the bonus. And then that that's stored locally. You know, of course, there's security issues that go along with that. Like, you know, I'm I'm say gonna you know make a, a user file that claims I own all these NFTs, and then you know I'll put it online for everybody to download the save file that has all these bonuses attached to it. Um, but you know, theoretically, yeah, you you 
just have to do a one-time detection that you own the NFT and then keep playing with it. So given what you see in the market right now, and it's like, I have so many questions and I have a feeling this might go on for more than an hour, if that's cool with you and Stan. So um, <laughs> what you're seeing right now in terms of a lot of the stuff is boiling around pieces of art that are out there, you know, Ubisoft has released some guns and stuff on courts. Is there a good use for an NFT in a game right now that you are seeing? I mean, obviously you're going to be biased because your game has NFTs, but anyway. <laughs> so, um, so I'd like to point out before I get banned on steam, uh, my game is not NFT connected. Um, what I do is because the game is all about making art. I have made art pieces from the game and have those up essentially as digital merch, which is sort of the, the best use I feel for, you know a, a low budget indie at this point is to really just think about it as like you know the, the same as you would a t-shirt or socks or a coffee mug you know like this is just there there are collectors out there who are collecting digital items these are some digital items that we can offer up and honestly uh indie developers are out very little for taking that approach and just being like, hey, we can pull in an extra $5, $10, any, anywhere up to like $3,000 for a single, you know, Ethereum coin uh, just for, you know, making art, you know, like selling our concept art on these platforms or, you know, you know, putting up a, a modified version of a 3D model from the game or something. Um, there's a bunch of different approaches you can take. Um, but yes, Steam itself has banned blockchain from uh, okay. games on the platform because of some bad actors that were just generating Bitcoin in the back end. So they have it, though. This is the thing. This is just totally Steam. Where is my freaking Steam thing? Um, so we actually had a question come in from one of our clients in Korea the other day on the consulting side. And they were asking what the environment was here in the U.S. and Western Europe on, you know, crypto and NFTs and play to earn mechanics in the first place. And, you know, that's always the first thing that comes up. It's like Steam is, you know, Steam is banned it, but they haven't because one of our other clients, um, we made the south korean publisher uh hold on let me see let me double check and make sure this, this is still here but mirror four mir4 uh is a play to earn game that is absolutely huge in korea and they have brought it here to the u.s and yes it is still on the steam store and it's a complete play to win weird play to earn not play to win Everything's yeah. play to win, play to earn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, game. And so it's kind of like Steam saying, we're going to like allow porn games when they did that. And then they turn around and go, wait, 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 no, we're not. They reacted to something, but they're not actually apparently enforcing it that heavy because Mirror 4 is still out there on the market. Hmm. I wonder if maybe it, it's just kind of like a future thing where 
you know, because I'm looking at the release date of this, this is August 25th, and that I think is before Steam made the announcement that they were banning crypto games, at least by a little bit. Yeah, but um, it seems like they would have pulled anything. That's what they did with the porn games. Hmm. It's, it's, I, there's no point in us trying to figure out what Steam is doing because Steam never, there's absolutely no consistency just, there anyway. Um, but I, I, I love I love Steam, but yeah, there's <laughs> I, I got nothing honestly. I, I think I have... that sums up all of us right now. It's like yes, we love Steam, but uh, um, yeah, guys. Um, all right, so all right. Another question coming in. How can publishers take advantage of NFTs for cross-IP initiative within the same publisher, i.e. Ubisoft, Take-Two, etc.? Um, how can publishers take advantage of NFTs for cross-IP initiatives within the same publisher? Well, I think that really just comes down to licensing. Um, you know, if you're, you know, if any publisher, say, is looking for making items cross-platform between... Uh, you know, say like Rainbow Six and um, yeah, so like take take Ubisoft, for example, if they're looking to, you know, bring Rainbow Six guns into you know, Assassin's Creed, for instance, um, then, you know, they would just need like communication maybe some licensing agreements or, or something um i'm not sure i completely understand the question because well you know, I mean, no, you're on the right path i mean that's what the easiest example that i could think of off the top of my head is if we look at you know Fortnite, for example being within a greater spectrum of games that technically aren't actually there yet or not you know being able to take your skins and you don't really level up weapons or anything like that in um in Fortnite, but you'll be able to take that into other games that they own. But the reality, so the reality of this, that's the theory. But even when you're talking about, you know, games that are within the same publisher, you're talking about different development studios, sometimes mm -hmm. dozens of development studios on one project that are, you know, adding to code and everything else. It's just a, aside from the very basic stuff, it would be very, very difficult. I think, honestly, right now, in terms of cross-game items like you said roblox is probably your best yeah you know example because, because roblox everything roblox is has like overly complicated yeah because because roblox has a, a single back-end ecosystem that controls you know these these items these games you know uh, worlds etc um so if publishers are interested in doing that then they you know essentially would be looking into using um, some kind of NFT ecosystem as an equivalent backend. Um, and really the only difference there between either doing that or, you know, just making it proprietary and normal uh, is just that it's blockchain and it lives forever. And theoretically, you can't delete anything off of the blockchain. So if you ever want to get rid of an item, uh, you know, you maybe you know, could set up a burn wallet for yourself, but uh, I, I don't know. So, so he's on weird. the, um, on the discord had a really good analogy and he said, it sounds like right now, you know, NFTs in games are a lot like Skylanders toys, 
the yeah. digital version. And so exactly over here, at almost more like Amiibo, honestly, yeah. the way the way that multiple games can use an Amiibo, you scan it in and then like uh, in Smash, you're playing with that particular character or you bring it into say Mario Party or, or whatever. Um, it is it is kind of like that, just, you know, digital. And so, yeah, I'm sitting, when you get down to like, who would buy these things? It's like, I literally, if I turn my camera, I have a wall of shelves that is like all the Disney Infinity things, the Lego Dimensions things, and yep. they are damn near worthless on the actual market right now, but they're actually cool looking. So I have them all, right. but you know, there's an example of, you know, when people just have that knee jerk reaction and they say, well, nobody's ever going to do this. It's like, yeah, they are. Well, as a matter of fact, they are. Yes, and they already have. It's a matter it's, of, you know, developers and publishers putting these things together in a, you know, ethical and non-completely patronizing way of putting them in games. But exactly. Hickey, you're dead on. That That is what these things are right now. They are yeah. digital and, am amiibos and Skylanders and... And, you know, that's well, why that's why I've been taking the approach of, you know, think of these things as digital merch. But, you know, more than even just owning a T-shirt. Um, well, OK, so this is interesting in the crypto space, uh, particularly in the art crypto space. There's a term term called fidgetal, which I hate because um, I, I, I tend to hate portmanteaus anyway. But it's like a, a physical digital item. So, like, you know, you get the NFT of something. And you get its physical form. So there's a lot of artists, for instance, where if you buy the NFT of their painting, they'll get in touch with you and then ship you the actual painting of it as well, um, which, you know, say has the wallet key written on the back of it so that whoever owns the painting will also own the NFT. Um, we can kind of do... Uh, the same thing in games as well, you know, if we want to. So, you know, even if, say, you sell a T-shirt, um, maybe that T-shirt is connected to an NFT and then characters in your games can wear your brand's T-shirt. So, like, you know, all of a sudden you buy, say, a Lantana Games T-shirt. Note to self, do this. You buy a Lantana Games T-shirt. It comes with an NFT uh, version of it and then you can put that t-shirt on your Fortnite character and then before you know it Fortnite is just littered with indie game developer logos running it's all crazy. over the place it's going to be a bunch of penis t-shirts that's what probably yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> probably probably but savvy businessmen will think more maturely about that 